Hello and welcome to another edition of Zion ID. Today's topic is healing, part one. You know, recently uh, in this podcast, we have talked a lot about destruction, destruction of Babylon, destruction of the wicked. As a topic, it's not very pleasant. Um, Really, it's just the doctrine that leads us, almost forces us to discuss the topic, uh, certainly rather than personal preference. The good news is that destruction is not the end game. If there was no Jesus, then according to the second law of thermodynamics, death, um, decay, decomposition, complete disorder would in fact be our end game. But mercifully, there was a Savior provided, uh, provided for each one of us. And through the atonement ecosystem of Jesus Christ that we live in, um, creation was instituted and life can be sustained, not only in mortality but beyond. Within this ecosystem, that which is broken can be healed whether it be a broken bone, a malfunctioning organ, or even a broken heart, there's no limit to the healing that Jesus can offer us. Well, um, as we regularly do, let's uh, dig into the scriptures. In James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. I think we've all maybe experienced a little bit of that, that when we have um, a positive mental attitude, it can heal us like medicine. But when we spiral and get overly negative, pessimistic, overwhelmed by failure, it truly does dryeth our bones. In Exodus 23.25 it says, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Um, Hearing that line, I will take sickness um, away from the midst of thee, reminds me of a recent quote by Jeffrey R. Holland when he said, He who created this marvelous world in which we live can say to any of the elements in it, this far and no farther. That is what he will say to this blight we are now facing. In the presence of his majesty, even subatomic-sized creations must bend, if only figuratively, and each in its own way confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the great Redeemer of all. Under the direction of his Father, the Savior is in charge of the destiny of this world, We are in very sure and loving hands. Going to Mark chapter 6, verses 56, it says, And whithersoever he entered, into villages or cities or country, 
they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Matthew chapter 8, the beginning says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Matthew 9, verses 20 through 22. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. In the book of Jeremiah, we read of that prophet, the prophet who prophesied so much of Babylon's destruction, um, even as he was being hunted by wickedness and being persecuted. Even Jeremiah said in chapter 17, verse 14, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Matthew nine twenty-eight and 29 says, And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. Malachi chapter 4, starting in the beginning. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all they that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the, under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord truly will come with healing in his wings. Luke chapter 6, verses 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. In prior episodes, uh, we discussed virtue. We've discussed the atonement ecosystem. And we've discussed maybe even some specifics of how healing through virtue might take place. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, we get a little bit of a different perspective. Rather than Jesus acting as soul healer, his disciples are also able to heal. Acts 3, 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man 
lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alm. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7 says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Boy, you read these scriptures and it really strengthens your faith. Um, I'm now going to quote an experience from um, early in the Restoration For early members of the church, the summer of 1939 was a season of both suffering and miracles. Forced from their homes in Missouri earlier that year, they found refuge among the residents of Illinois and Iowa, who helped to care for their immediate needs. Soon the church purchased property in Commerce, Illinois, which the prophet Joseph Smith later renamed Nauvoo, based on the Hebrew word for beautiful. He encouraged all church members to gather there. But Nauvoo was not yet the city beautiful. A swampy portion of the land needed to be drained before it was habitable. And in the meantime, mosquitoes thrived in the area. The mosquitoes carried malaria and infected hundreds of people. Joseph and Emma Smith took many of the sick into their home to care for them. So many that Joseph and Emma moved into a tent in their yard to free up space. Wilford Woodruff recalled, The large number of saints who had been driven out of Missouri were flocking into Nauvoo, but had no homes to go into, and were living in wagons, in tents, and on the ground. Many, therefore, were sick through the exposure they were subjected to. Brother Joseph had waited on the sick until he was worn out and nearly sick himself. Joseph did become ill. But after several days, he rose from his bed, feeling prompted to minister to those who were suffering. Brigham Young wrote on July 22, 1839, Joseph arose from his bed of sickness, and the power of God rested upon him. He commenced in his own house and dooryard, commanding the sick in the name of Jesus Christ to arise and be made whole. And they were healed according to his word. He then continued to travel from house to house, from tent to tent upon the bank of the river, healing the sick as he went until he arrived at the upper storehouse, um, where he crossed the river in a boat, accompanied by several of the Quorum of the Twelve, and landed in Montrose. Wilford Woodruff was with Joseph that day. While they were waiting to cross the river, a man asked Joseph for help. Wilford recalled, A man came to Joseph and asked him if he would go about three miles and heal two of his small children, who were twins, about three months old, and were sick nigh unto death. He was a man of the world, 
he had never heard a sermon preached by a Latter-day Saint. Joseph said he could not go, but he would send a man. After hesitating a moment, he turned to me and said, You go with this man and heal his children. At the same time, giving me a red silk handkerchief, and he said, After you lay your hands upon them, wipe their faces with it, and they shall be healed. And as long as you will keep that handkerchief, it shall ever remain as a league between you and me. I went and did as I was commanded, and the children were healed. Wilford Woodruff kept this handkerchief as a reminder of this great experience and Joseph's compassion toward the sick, including those who were not of his faith. A corner of the handkerchief has been cut off, possibly by someone wanting a memento of the prophet. Although many were healed that day, sickness continued to afflict others in the area for months. Joseph continued to care for the sick sacrificing his own needs to tend to the needs of others. John Lyman Smith recalled a visit from the prophet in September 1839. The prophet Joseph and his brother Hiram visited us and administered to us all. Father being delirious from the effects of the fever, their words comforted us greatly. And as they said, in the name of the Lord, you all shall be well again. Upon leaving that hovel, Joseph placed his slippers upon my mother's feet and sprang upon his horse from the doorway and rode home barefoot. The next day, Joseph removed father to his own house and nursed him until he recovered. As the weather turned colder, the mosquitoes died off and the people recovered from their illness. Many men drained the swamps and Nauvoo became a beautiful city. But that summer of sickness and healing will always stand as a witness of Joseph Smith's compassion and the power of God given to him to heal and bless God's children. Well, um, each of us have special loved ones, um, if not ourselves, who are in need of healing. Especially during this time of pandemic, um, we have a virus without a cure. Uh, Elder Renlin described this COVID-19 pandemic crisis uh, this way. The virus that causes COVID-19 is indiscriminate, he explained. It is protein and ribonucleic acid. It has no soul. It has no temperament. It has no personality. It affects people differently, though often exploiting individual weaknesses such as compromised health conditions and even unknown underlying illnesses. Because of this, it is an incomparable blessing that God has blessed us with the opportunity to receive personal revelation so that we, in our different circumstances, can be inspired. Elder Oaks has said, and he actually said it years ago, I think this talk was given in 2010, but it sure applies today. In these times of worldwide turmoil, more and more persons of faith are turning to the Lord for blessings of comfort and healing. I wish to speak to this audience of priesthood holders about healing the sick by medical science, by prayers of faith, and by exercise, and by priesthood blessings. Latter-day Saints believe in applying the best available scientific knowledge and techniques. We use nutrition, exercise, and other practices to preserve health 
and we enlist the help of healing practitioners, such as physicians and surgeons, to restore health. The use of medical science is not at odds with our prayers of faith and our reliance on priesthood blessings. When a person requested a priesthood blessing, Brigham Young would ask, Have you used any remedies? To those who said no because we wish the elders to lay hands upon us and we have faith that we shall be healed, President Young replied, That is very inconsistent according to my faith. If we are sick and ask the Lord to heal us and to do all for us that is necessary to be done, according to my understanding of the gospel of salvation, I might as well ask the Lord to cause my wheat and corn to grow without my plowing the ground and casting in the seed. It appears consistent to me to apply every remedy that comes within the range of my knowledge and then to ask my Father in heaven to sanctify that application to the healing of my body. Of course, we don't wait until all other methods are exhausted before we pray in faith or give priesthood blessings for healings. In emergencies, prayers and blessings come first. Most often, we pursue all efforts simultaneously. This follows the scriptural teachings that we should pray always, DNC 90.24, and that all things should be done in wisdom and order. Elder Oaks continues, A recent nationwide survey found that nearly 8 in 10 Americans believe that miracles still occur today, as they did in ancient times. A third of those surveyed said they had experienced or witnessed a divine healing. Many scriptures teach that the servants of the Lord shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's Mark sixteen eighteen. Miracles happen when the authority of the priesthood is used to bless the sick. I have experienced these miracles. As a boy and as a man, I have seen healings as miraculous as any recorded in the scriptures, and so have many of you. President Brigham Young taught, When I lay hands on the sick, I expect the healing power and influence of God to pass through me to the patient and the disease to give way. When we are prepared, when we are holy vessels before the Lord, a stream of power from the Almighty can pass through the tabernacle of the administrator to the system of the patient, and the sick are made whole. Faith is essential for healing by the powers of heaven. The Book of Mormon even teaches that if there be no faith among the children of men, God can do no miracle among them. In a notable talk on administering to the sick, President Spencer W. Kimball said, The need of faith is often underestimated. The ill one and the family often seem to depend wholly on the power of the priesthood, and the gift of healing that they hope the administering brethren may have, whereas the greater responsibility is with him who is blessed. The major element is the faith of the individual when that person is conscious and accountable. Thy faith hath made thee whole, the Lord said in Matthew 9.22, was repeated so often by the Master that it almost became a chorus President Kimball even suggested that too frequent administrations may be an indication of lack of faith or of the ill one trying to pass the responsibility for faith development to the elders rather than self. 
He told about a faithful sister who received a priesthood blessing. When asked the next day if she wished to, to be administered to again, she replied, No, I have been anointed and administered to. Um, the ordinance has been performed. It is up to me now to claim my blessing through my faith. Young men and older men, please take special note of what I will say now. As we exercise the undoubted power of the priesthood of God and as we treasure his promise that a result contrary, um, or excuse me, let's see, I don't want to skip this part. Um, Okay. As we treasure his promise that he will hear and answer the prayer of faith, we must always remember that faith and the healing power of the priesthood cannot produce a result contrary to the will of him whose priesthood it is. This principle is taught in the revelation directing that the elders of the church shall lay their hands upon the sick. The Lord's promise is that he that hath faith in me to be healed and is not appointed unto death shall be healed. That's DNC 4248. Similarly, in another modern revelation, the Lord declares that when one asketh according to the will of God, it is done even as he asketh, DNC 4630. From all of this, we learn that even the servants of the Lord exercising his divine power in a circumstance where there is sufficient faith to be healed cannot give a priesthood blessing that will cause a person to be healed if that healing is not the will of the Lord. In Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues, and they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, this topic of healing is one that has been constantly on my mind for more than a month. Um, I haven't discussed it uh, because, frankly, nothing makes me feel more inadequate and even a little bit scared. We shouldn't be scared. Um when it comes to the things of the Lord, but like Peter, sometimes we sink even when the Savior extends his arm to us. Like the desperate father, we say to the Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. For the sake of uh, learning, right, which is what I hope we're doing here at Zion ID in a really honest and vulnerable environment, I'm going to be fully transparent as we close this episode of um, my intention in talking about healing. Um, Again, I think each of us, whether it be ourselves or a loved one in our immediate family, extended family, friend, we all have those um, who we desire to be healed by the Savior. Um, I certainly don't have all the answers, although it really helps to read all those scriptures because it does strengthen your faith. But I do feel prompted that by sharing personal experience, um, I can even receive more knowledge and you can receive more knowledge, line upon line, precept upon precept. 
a month ago, I was on a bike ride and it didn't start very well. Um, my Bluetooth beats would not connect to my phone. <laughs> very frustrating, right? I tried everything, turning it off and on, resyncing it, whatever. They're new beats, love them, never had a problem. Well, the still small voice of the Holy Ghost whispered to me that this was happening for a reason and go with it. Today was not a day to listen to beautiful music. It was going to be a day to listen to the voice of the Spirit. So I rode off with my headphones off. And the topic that came to me was most unexpected. Heal Cooper. Prepare yourself. The time is coming to heal Cooper. Cooper is my firstborn. He's an angel in our home. Throughout our journey together, Cooper has actually healed me. Sorry. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. Um, Cooper uh, is autistic. He has a genetic abnormality. Uh, we... We've taken him and had many tests, and they, uh, although they can't pinpoint the exact chromosomal location, it seems like he has a shaved chromosome. His pinky's curved. He has uh, had seizures, sensitive to loud noises, speech issues, fine motor skills, and on and on. Well, being the blind man that I am, I didn't recognize this until the Lord told me. So we raised young Cooper without knowing that he was autistic. It was incredibly difficult. Um, not a day went by uh, when Cooper didn't flail his body or scream. <laughs> Every time he was ready to take a bath or brush teeth or start any new activity. Cooper just really had a hard time with it. Um, we spent hours together. I remember vividly working with him to try and memorize his first grade spelling words. Um, and I would get so angry with him for not being able to spell... Um, we sent Cooper to, uh, after school help, you know, every time we, his teachers would always call us into meetings and I mean, I think Kelly and I still have a nervous twitch when we meet with a teacher because of all of the negative and terrible things that they told us about Cooper in the classroom. Um, I used to yell at Cooper to work harder anytime I was coaching him in basketball, baseball, or soccer. I also, I too thought that he wasn't working as hard as his peers, that, uh, that he was maybe, you know, being lazy. If I'm ever forced to rewatch those experiences, I think I'd 
rather crawl behind a rock and just rot away. I would not be able to watch. I remember one uh, one experience stands out. I was just uh, I was watching Cooper at the end of a football practice, and uh, his buddies were lapping him as they were running to get in shape. Um, we went in the car, and I really got into him, you know, about how his buddies lapped at him and. I knew he was faster than that, and I knew he could do it. Um, it was just a really hard time, right? Um, and to cut myself and our family a little slack, we never got confirmation from any doctors as to what really was going on uh, with Cooper. You know, um, I was a rookie dad, and I remember one day um, the Lord and my dad on the same day encouraged me to write a list of Cooper's symptoms. I did it, you know, we went to Google and we quickly discovered that there were a lot of other children like this and they were all receiving special care that Cooper wasn't receiving. Well, this moment of enlightenment changed everything. Since that day when truth, you know, rained down upon us, my heart has been softened. In the eight or so years um, since, Cooper and I have not had one argument. Voices have never been raised. All the frustration has washed away, and it's turned into compassion. All the disappointment has turned into admiration. As I see clearly that Cooper works harder than any of his peers, even as he accomplishes less. It's not just me um, who has changed. Now that I'm able to educate his teachers, instead of loathing him, they love him. Interestingly enough, um, those early years of me pushing Cooper so hard actually have served a purpose. Cooper rose to the occasion as much as he could his strong spirit fought through his physical disabilities, and Cooper actually figured out how to play basketball. I have seen him do incredible things. I've seen him hit three three-pointers in the fourth quarter of a close basketball game at a Las Vegas tournament. Um, I've seen him be on teams that have won Bantam championships at the highest level. I saw him, I remember, in eighth grade against a really good Orem team. Um, Cooper was just absolutely on fire. He made five three-pointers in a row to the point where the referee was looking at me and laughing, and the other coach, after the game, wanted to talk all about Coop. Um, he's had some incredibly amazing moments. Most importantly, Cooper has developed incredible friendships uh, with teammates that otherwise he wouldn't have had. He exudes such a quiet confidence. Um, it's almost unshakable because of what he knows he can do and what he, how he can escape on a basketball court. Well, it's, you know, God works in mysterious ways. The Lord moved 
many pieces around um, to the point that the door was open for me to step in as an assistant basketball coach at Lone Peak High School. You know, Lone Peak, if anybody knows anything about this high school, it's one of the top basketball programs in the country. And, you know, the chance for someone like Cooper to get to play on a team is slim to none. Well, last year, Cooper did get to play on the team. He played on the sophomore team with his dad as his coach. And Cooper scored buckets. (laughs) He got assists. He even drew a Joe Ingles offensive foul. And those dimples were on full display as he ran back up the court. He's in such an incredible environment. Cooper got standing ovations this year. Um, And I just sat back and marveled as he worked his tail off every single day in practice. Um, Like I said, Cooper has healed me. My soul had gone amiss, right? In a world of distraction, competition, obsession with achievement, success. Cooper has shown me what really matters. Love, patience, kindness. Um, Back in the day, it was amazing because as my behavior changed towards him, he changed. There were no more violent tantrums. There were no more tears. It was just peace. Coop has morphed from a disturbance into an angel in our home. He's dedicated to his younger siblings. He's dedicated to his chores. In fact, he complains less than probably all of his siblings combined. (laughs) Right? Um, Even though Cooper has every reason to complain. And he has every reason to be embarrassed. And he has every reason to give up. But not even for one second has he done that. I'm convinced that Cooper is the strongest of the strong, just as so many of these other young kids who suffer with autism or other disabilities. Um, and it wasn't, it's not by chance, right? It's design, it's by design. This was Cooper's er earthly mission. Whether he volunteered for it, who knows, but something tells me that he did. He volunteered to come to earth in a body that wasn't perfect to heal uh, his mom and his dad. Anybody who comes into contact with Cooper can be healed if you just allow it to happen. I've had so many dads tell me that they want Cooper around their sons constantly. I recently heard a very wise and smart man tell me that Cooper is his hero. Just a few weeks ago, uh, we had the boys training, working out with a personal trainer uh, for basketball during quarantine. And every day when I pick up the boys, I asked them, you know, how'd it go? And this time they were really quiet. (laughs) And then, um, so I called the trainer and I said, hey, you know, how'd it go today? And He said, well, are you alone? I said, no, I'm with the guys. He said, well, call me after. Well, the boys, I dropped them off at home and they got out of the car. And I, I, one of my son's crew, we actually left for baseball. And crew told me once the car was empty, he said, hey, 
our trainer was really hard on Cooper today. And I kind of smirked and, you know, <laughs> laughed. Like, how could he have been hard on Cooper? You know, Cooper's just there to, uh, to really help out the workout. Well, then I, I got a call back from the trainer and he said, hey, I was really tough on Cooper today um, because I know that he can do it. Then a few hours went by and I got this following uh, text message from the trainer who had just received another text message from my 11-year-old son, Tanner. Here is Tanner's text. He said, Hey, Robbie, this is Tanner. I just wanted to text you and tell you that Cooper was outside for two hours working on his left-handed layup. And he's getting better at it, though. After the two hours, I went out to check on him and helped him a little. I just want to tell you that tomorrow at the workout, he will not be making too many left-handed layups. But he is really trying to. He was on our court from 5 until 7. He will get the footwork right like two times in a row, but then get it wrong. But he is doing a lot better. If you read this, thank you. <laughs> oh, Tanner. Well, then the trainer texted me. And he said, we can all learn a lot from Coop. Brought tears to my eyes. Chewed him out for his left-handed layups. And he went home and spent two hours working on them. I've long known that without this disability, uh, Cooper easily would be exceptional. But it was not his lot in life. Well, now we go back to my bike ride. And the Lord is telling me to heal this special one who has healed me. And I have no idea how to do it. You know, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't had that many uh, discussions with people about healing the sick. I think it's a really sacred topic because, again, it depends on so many variables. Um, but there's no reason why we shouldn't try and educate one another uh, regarding such an important topic. The fact that the Lord is telling me to heal Cooper, I know it's not an isolated uh, circumstance. I know that there are so many out there waiting to be healed through virtue, through the power of faith, through the power of prayer. And so many of you probably, like me, have no idea where to really begin with it. Um, I guess we'll leave, we'll leave it there for today. Uh, maybe, hopefully, someday there can be a part two to this episode where we can talk about how we each worked with the Lord to figure it out. But until then, um, I guess we'll just call this part one healing. <laughs>